Hi, everybody. You're listening to BBS Radio with your host, Adina, on Meta Mondays. And before we begin, I just want to say that BBS has put out a new number for you to listen in. There are a million ways to listen in, but if you want to call in and listen, our new number is 712-775-4842. And we might be the first internet radio station to go green. Isn't that cool? So, um, I think it is. Today, we have Dr. Lowe, who was not live last week, but he it was a replay of one of his shows. Today, he's live. And I want to just give you a little kind of, I, I never really do this, but I want to talk to you about what, he, you know, what his kind of um, credentials are. He has a PhD in religious studies. Um, he went to Temple University. He has his MS in community counseling from Georgia State U and BS in zoology, anthropology at Duke University. And I also want to say that he has done everything, really. He was a drug counselor. He taught meditation courses. Um, my God, he has his spiritual pedigree involves. Okay, David, um, I can't pronounce this. You'll do it. Um, but he's done transcendental meditation and Zen and Buddhism and mm -mm, I don't know what that is. He'll tell us, but, um, he has just done about everything. What I wanted to touch on though for everybody was what he's doing now at www.worldspirituality.com is he has been giving everyone a chance to go to his site and just have a dream consultation, which he tells me I believe is for free, which I find unbelievable. Um, now, here's what he's doing. A level one is a general description of different possible meanings, and it's $15, okay? A level two is 50 and um, he will give you a likely meaning in detail with overall recommendations. You just be as detailed as possible with him and he will be as detailed with you. And then he, there's a level three when he gets very involved and uh, a follow-up with him is only $50. Now, I want you to know something. If you go to any, like a, a psychic, really, they're going to charge way more than that. They are. And as far as I'm concerned, your dreams are your higher self and God's telling you exactly what you need to know. How much more important can that be? And it's not coming from nowhere. This is coming from a man who has worked, trained, and knows, not just knows because he's been um, educated, but because he's worked on it himself. He's done this. So this is really how I feel. It's true. And I wrote it on a post yesterday. If he didn't know my voice, I would call him every day. And it would go something like this. I'd be calling him and I'd say, um, hi, um, Dr. Lowe. Um, my name is Jane. And he'd say, Jane? Yes, Jane. And he'd say, um, okay, Jane. Um, how can I help you? And I'd say, well, you know, I, I have a dream and um, I'd like you to analyze it. And um, I, it, it was very strange. I believe that I was in England I because I, I had some kind of thing where I was on a some kind of radio show and it was like the BBC, but it wasn't. And he says, are you sure you're Jane? Of course I am. And then it, it wasn't that. But I seem to have been late and, and I had I was unprepared. Oh, yes, yes, we have that a lot. But no, this was really different. I it was. 
it was a producer and, and my producer's name was either Doug or Don and that's how I would do it, really. But I couldn't get away with it. So you please take advantage of it. And with that, I am going to welcome Dr. David Lowe. Hi, David. Yo, thank you for letting me be here this morning, Adina. It's always it's always a pleasure. Yeah, I I do want to get the possibility of DreamWork out there as as like a therapeutic option. It's really not well known as something which you know people can do, but it's very very valuable. Dreams are the faculty we all have as human beings, which it's their nature to always be telling us things we can do to be happier and more more fulfilled. That's who we are. So they're there, and I find myself. I do have a gift for um, for um, interpreting what I call the most appropriate possible meaning, the most appropriate likely meaning. So yeah, I'm very glad to be here, and we'll talk about whatever you whatever questions you have. Okay, um, I do have some questions that people wrote in with. Would you uh, mind starting with one of them, or um, do you want to? You know, can I start with one, or? Would that be okay with you? Okay. Um, okay. So what I'm going to do is start with um, a question that I got over the weekend. We seem to have gotten really good questions. Hello, Miss A. I saw your Facebook post about a radio show on Monday about dream analysis. Um, she'll be working, so I won't be able to tune in. Um, but I thought I would give you some material. I am a big dreamer. My grandmother was psychic though her dream, through her dreams, and it seems my part of the family has inherited some dream capabilities. For me, this simply means, um, hold on, I dream vividly, almost nightly. I have a movie streaming through my brain. Sometimes so in color and alive, I feel like I haven't slept at all when I wake. A couple of weeks ago, I dreamt of a baby. This baby loved me so much. He had the bluest of eyes, and I'm going to say was about seven to nine months old. He was born into a family I knew back when I was his age, a family that I grew up in from birth to my early adult years. As time moved on and my family lived in other places, in other, wait, um, in the country, our families have drifted apart. But I still felt this family's vibe in my dream. It was all good despite some strange happenings. Now, I'm not sure whether she meant this in the dream or in her real life. So it's right. tough. I'm pretty sure what she meant. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. The love this baby had for me was so angelical and pure and without boundaries. It was baby love. His mother, mad at me and disgusted, as she would give him Benadryl to force him into a nap. I thought that was terrible. But when he awoke, he wanted me and everyone knew he loved me the most. And this love affair was accepted, even by his weirdo mother. The feeling of love was overwhelming, and I awoke with that feeling staying with me most of the morning. It was amazingly, honestly... It was amazing, honestly, and the blue eyes and little face of this baby is still ingrained in my brain. I can see I can see him looking right into my eyes. What a blessing. The main concept was the feeling of unconditional love that actually hung with me beyond waking. Was this an angel visiting? What is it all about? Please include me in the show if you can. I would love it. Happy holidays, Mase. You are awesome, Tina. Wow. Mm. I know. Wow is all I can say to that one. <laughs> hmm? I say wow is all I can say to that one. That That is a highly auspicious dream. I mean, enlightenment is assured for this individual as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's this very straightforward, classic theme of the human condition. You know, we are, in our essence, all love and joy, but, you know, reality and the illusory nature of things has us representing that essence with our small self, you know. So I, what I think is um, the mother is the small self, right? And the mother is, and this, is the, uh, this of course, is 
what all egos do. Our egos are all in the business of keeping us in the dark, of doing everything they can not to let us have insight about our true nature. Okay. But this person has the karma to have those insights, definitely. So mm-hmm. he's a small self as a mother, right? And I think the Benadryl is the way she's using to, to repress the truth. The ego uses all kinds of methods to, to keep us, again, from understanding who we are. And that is metaphorical for, uh, for the Benadryl is metaphorical for the, the, the method the ego is using. Okay. And, of course, the more progress we make toward this truth, the better off we are, right? Um, so the dreamer, I mean, this baby wakes up again, and the, the baby wants her to know that he, he loves especially her. He loves everybody, but especially her. So it's like, of course, a baby, that, that's God, joy, love, essence, beauty, the whole original, you know, piece, piece of creation that we all came out of, right? And so, uh-huh. wow, go ahead. You had a question? No, I went, uh-huh. <laughs> okay, so, I mean, wow, the, the, the baby wants her to know that she especially is being loved, you know. So I think she has the right to expect a real, profound, fortunate, spiritual destiny. I mean, I mean, the, what, what, probably the most significant thing in this dream, and it's in terms of power, so it's like an initiation, because it laughs into her waking life. Okay, she actually sees the baby in waking life looking at her. She's feeling the unconditional love for who knows how many hours into the next day. And that's very unusual. But there, So, yeah, I think that um, we don't know how she'll get there, whether it's 30 years later after a lot of trauma or five years from now after a very circumstances, but she can look forward to real enlightenment and self-realization, I think, in this life, as long as she's diligent about her practices, about what she should and shouldn't be doing. This is a highly auspicious dream. I can't think of a better dream to have than this one, really. Wow, that's fantastic. I know that I have dreamt about being pregnant many, many times, and I always thought that that meant that I would be starting a new, just something that I would be giving birth to as a, you know, a a creation, a book, a new business, something like that. Is that not um, what that would be about? I think you're on the money with that. There's, there's no telling what it, um, it could be a new relationship. And, uh, maybe three months down the line, you will uh-huh. rethink boyfriend and that sort of thing, getting a new one. But it's almost always some kind of creative thing that's happening in you, maybe without you realizing it. You know, something mm-hmm. is growing and will will eventually be born in some, in some form or other. Absolutely. Okay. Wow, I can't wait till she hears this. She's going to be amazed. And by the way, I do want to tell you that on a follow-up email with her, she said that this that the last year had been amazing for her. So, again, you're right. Um, yeah, but, you can't... know, that, that there are some people, there are some people who go through, you know, they did all their spiritual practices in previous lifetimes, you know, and what they're ha- what's happening with them now is they're starting to get these flashes of higher realities. I mean, I know some dreamers who, whose books I studied who um, their dreams their dreams are actually more vivid than real life. And they go through periods in which their their real life experience is actually less definite and more dreamlike, if you can believe that. So I it do. can be it mm-hmm. can be very disorienting in some cases. Uh, that's why I, I asked you um about the dream world it seems that my dream world is so connected that i can dream about something that i've dreamt about for many many years and it has the same people in it the same circumstances in it and i feel as if that's a whole new that's a that that's a separate life of mine so i feel that way as well it's a very complex life. My yeah, well, what's, what's really amazing is that there are some dreamers who actually, this is really astounding to think about, but this comes from them. It comes from them as sincerely as, ever, as I've ever seen it come from anybody. Some really accomplished lucid dreamers who go to some other reality in their dream, and then they want to wake up, and they find themselves upon waking up in a different reality. Then they want to wake up again into their ordinary reality. They, they wake up again and they find themselves in a different reality. And they finally get back to real waking reality. 
So it's really, really, you know, the dream worlds are remarkable and varied. And the astounding thing is that, you know, they're, I mean, not the year 1910 exists right now. The mm-hmm. year 5000 exists right now. You know, mm-hmm. that's how I had, man. Yeah, I had two of those happen to me. Um, I had woken up. And um, I went downstairs to the living room and I happened to turn on the TV and it was a movie from the 1930s and I I was up. I was up. I was not sleeping and a woman was wearing a hat and um, I had no idea what uh what year that movie had been made but i looked at the hat without thinking and i said oh that hat is so 1931 right now that was not me and um i just pressed the guide and sure enough the uh, movie had been made in 1936 so in my mind i knew that that hat had was five years old right i i can't i can't explain that to you i said my god what did i just say and then i had another experience that lasted with me for days i again woke up i walked downstairs and i turned on the television and for a good a half hour i remembered that I, this is crazy, it was an alternate reality. I remembered that I had been, instead of who I am, I had taken another um, another path and that I had been in the 80s, an actress who had very little talent and um, I was just kind of like one of those brat packers and... Right. Um, and that's what it was. And um, I had had a specific, it was a scene, a specific scene of me at 40 um, later on and how I felt about the, the route I had chosen. But it did not go away until that evening. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I think it's amazing. Yeah. So... That I think I think the dream world is something that we know very little about, which is why you're and, here. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And and yet, as we move forward in consciousness, we inevitably embrace the dream world because we 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 begin to realize that our normal reality is the primary dream in the mind of God, but only the primary one for us okay. right now. Go slow. And, and say that again. Well, this, this reality is the primary dream, you might say, in the mind of God, right? And there are infinite number of realities in um, in the mind of God, any of which he can flip upon us to teach us something, you know, as he did with you with that 1980s spell of being an actress for a day. So, yeah, this is what's, what's really remarkable in my own case, um, as I opened up with meditation and everything I've done for 30 years and going to India and so forth, my own perception of reality has kind of softened. I see everything as kind of, I, I see everything in kind of flow and unity that I didn't see before. I'm not enlightened, but I do see things in a more gentle kind of flowing way in, that I didn't used to. So it's like seeing the background of reality as well as all the particular things in it. So things are more fluid for me um, than they used to be. Yeah, so dreaming is really extraordinary, and we need to tune into it. And I think probably a good thing to talk about is common dreams people have. Right. Because they're very confusing to people, and there are lessons, wonderful lessons to be learned from common dreams. Okay, we're going to get to that in a minute. Um, I have some questions that I really want to ask you. Um, before we get there, I do have another question. Do you? Would you rather me go right on to some questions for me to ask you, or would you like to hear a question from another client? Let's hear one of your own questions, by all means. One of my own questions? Sure. Yeah, okay. All right, here we go. Let's go see what um, we want to know. Okay, now, I would like to know, 
Um, yeah, there are so many. Hold on. Um, hmm. <laughs> They're all like so common. What does losing your teeth actually mean? Losing your teeth is a, it's a, probably one of the most six or seven most common dreams. Mm-hmm. Dreams, common dreams. Mm-hmm. It's about losing capacities or frustration over not being able to do things as well as you used to do them. Okay, huh. so dreams are, I mean, when you bare your teeth, that's your, your, if you want to be aggressive with somebody or show the world who you are, you <laughs> maybe bare your teeth, you know? Mm-hmm. Teeth are about power and, you know, so forth. And so when you wow. lose your teeth, you're usually losing your abilities in some area or other. And you, you know, you're having trouble accepting that reality. And, you know, it could be frustration. I mean, it's frustration over things that usually we can't do as well as we used to. Usually something along those lines. That isn't always a meaning, but it's usually something like that. Very common. What if you're young and you dream about that? Well, then uh, it, it, it could be... It could be something as simple as a, a literal dream that and you'll be losing your teeth up to the tooth fairy if you're really young. But okay. it could, you know, some people lose arc, lose particular capacities at very young ages. Um, it could be a message that you should learn to grow your teeth. You're losing them. You should get stronger, you know, instead of letting okay. your body. Don't be a 98-pound weakling. Get your teeth back. It could be that. <laughs> okay. Um, what about if you dream that, uh, your partner is cheating on you? That's a surprisingly common dream because it does reflect another that happens in life frequently with couples. It's usually not that. It's usually the partner is, there's something that preoccupies him or her in a way which could be unhealthy for your relationship down the line. You're talking so, about the partner. Yeah. So, so, so. Okay. So say, for example, so say, for example, your husband, uh, your husband's brother, he has financial problem, problems all of a sudden. And so your husband wants to share money with him without letting you know that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So, um, and so um, um, he begins to do that little, little by little here and there in ways which you're not aware of. Uh-huh. Now, five years down the line, that could, that sort of thing could, you know, blow up in your face. Right. When you notice that someone that, you know, that um, so much money is missing and so forth. But the dream is telling you something's going on. You know, he's doing something he ideally ought not to do by himself. He needs to talk to you about it. He's preoccupied by something that usually is something like that. Something along those lines. Okay, so let me ask you a question, because what we're talking about is that a lot of these are precognitive. Aren't they? Yeah, well, dreams have, most dreams have a psychic aspect to them. You know, it's always, okay. it's always what, it's usually most symbolic dreams, which is, of course, the great, the great majority of dreams are symbolic, not literal. But most symbolic dreams uh, mean, to, mean to tell us things through inference or implication, hardly ever directly. Yeah, so they imply things, which we can figure out. But yes, they, they, they are in touch with the future and the past. Those right. are our psychic factors, which are always at work, trying to okay. tell us things to happier. Yeah. Okay. I have another one. This one was big for me most of my life until the last few years. Um, I don't do it anymore. But ever since I was, I can remember, I never walked anywhere. I flew. I flew in every single dream I ever had. So what does flying mean? Flying could be a million things. In general, it could refer to escapism. One not one oh, yeah. It mm-hmm. could refer to, it could refer to being psychologically or psychically ungrounded, not mm-hmm. being able to control your moods, your your spells of crazy thinking, things like that. Thanks. It could it could mean a need for greater perspective and understanding of things. So somebody whose life is crazy needs, needs to sit down and think about stuff in a more calm, collected manner. 
What uh, if I felt be- fantastic about it, though? It was so free and so wonderful, and I loved it. Yeah, well, two things. One, you are certainly doing what you're supposed to do, follow your bliss, like like you know Joseph Campbell famously said. On the other hand, to what extent is it distracting? And, and Wait, you're going out. Um, I don't know what's going on, but I don't hear you. You are going in and out. Okay. Let me speak. Oh, sorry. Can you hear okay. me now? Yes, I can. Okay. So flying, so that's where you're feeling really blissful on the one hand. It's certainly an indication that you're doing what you're supposed to do. On the other hand, the flip side is that you could be burning something out or enjoying something in a way that you're not quite meant to. It could be that there's, it could be that there's something imbalanced about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yes. If, if, if later on, of the next few days in your real concrete life, all kinds of things go wrong, then it's something to rethink. You know, um, Being grounded may not feel as good, but down the road it could result in a far greater level of right. enjoyment and happiness in your life. Okay. That actually does make sense to me. I loved it. I never had a bad flying dream in my life. It was free. I was always in control. But I do understand that I haven't had a flying dream in, God, a decade. Um, And I do understand why that happened. Thank you. That was very illuminating for me. Um, Okay, now, this everybody think has the, the driving um and even you know driving out of control yes but even just driving has so many connotations to it let's try driving out of control like you're not in control of the wheel or the car or anything right well so so modes of transportation car boat sub train subway train airplane it's always about movement transition change uh, of one kind or another um, and it's going, cars tend to be pretty personal, involving mm-hmm. a particular personality of the, of, of the dreamer. So, yet you're out of control. Something, something is out of control. There's something you're doing in your life, but you're not in as good a control of as you need to be. And, right. um, it is possible to correct it. The implication of driving is that it's possible to, to drive well. You could correct it and do a better job of driving. But in the meantime, there's something which you're not in control of, and it involves kind of who you are and what you're about. It, 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 it's probably something more personal than it is occupational, or, uh, or but it could be anything. But something, something, something's changing, obviously, which is all things are always changing, and something is not in as good a control in your life as it needs to be. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. That's okay. almost for sure. And you Again. Can, I'm sorry, go ahead, continue. You can substitute a million things for that. It depends on the individual situation. But yeah, driving dreams, driving out of control, uh, pretty much a no-brainer. It could be of this, like a one in a zillion chance, it could be literal, but most likely not. What if, again, you are not in control of the car, but you feel absolutely positively safe, secure, and you go with it. You go with it. That mean that would seem to me to mean that uh, that you no, know, the aspect of the spirituality of faith, mm-hmm. of casting yourself upon divine providence with total trust and absolute mm-hmm. assurance that God will. Take care of you. Mm-hmm. That, okay. That, that that's difficult for a lot of people. Okay. And maybe, and, and, and maybe you should do that. Um, you know. Got it. Got it. That. Oh. Yeah. Okay, I got it. Now, uh, I kind of want to make this um, separate. Let's try not, I don't want to put this together, but we can. I'd like to know what dreaming of money means. Right, right. Money, it's, you know, it's usually something relating to emotions and feeling. It could be, it, it could be. It could be bodily nourishment, as in the right vitamins that you are. Oh, uh, okay, hold on. It does belong with food then. Yeah, it does, because I can see that. Food, money, nourishment, yes. So food and money. 
It's always going to be about exchange of some kind or other. Often about oh. emotions, feelings. If you're investing too much feeling in somebody, mm. if you're like trusting somebody too much, then that may represent itself as money going out to that person more so than it should. If there is a something, maybe you have an accumulating health problem that you're unaware of, which is being made worse every time you eat a lot of sugar. Mm-hmm. And you're paying money into something which is going to let you buy a weapon to kill yourself with, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, be, usually, usually emotions and feelings is what most is what most simple dictionaries say about that. And simple dictionaries aren't worth anything, aren't necessarily worth much, but that's what usually money is thought of to represent feelings of some kind being exchanged maybe inappropriately. Okay. Um, there are so many different meanings to all the kind of foods that you can have, and they have them all listed. How meaningful is that? You know, when you look up honey and it gives you what it means, is that particularly um, important? At that level, it's probably going to be wrong to some extent. I mean, okay. honey. Okay. Sweet. I mean, what? What? I mean, honey is sweet. It's lovely. It tastes good. In what sense does that apply to um, the individual to to the individual dreamer's life? I mean, think about it for a second. Um, to different different people have different kinds of sweetnesses. Whether it's a new a new relationship or a new job or a new vehicle. Mm-hmm. Or okay. Coming. Whatever I floats see. your boat is going to be totally different for each person. See, now this is why I'm saying that going to Dr. David for this kind of thing is so important because they're general. If you look at a dream site, a dream book, they're going to give you very general kind of things about dreams. And what he'll do is take you, just you, and put it all together for you rather than looking at a book and trying to piece all of the different things together to mean something. And that's why I'm saying what I'm saying. So, okay, that makes so much sense. Um, I just want to ask you, what about numbers? Numbers. That's Mm -hmm. where you you do get into some classic, um, um, there are profound archetypal resonances with different primary numbers, especially the numbers from 1 to 10, 1 to 20, mm-hmm. which correspond to you know, profound geometric things about the universe mm. and kind of spiritual tendencies and the way the universe is structured. So I can't give you any examples offhand because I'm not a numerologist, but if you dream of, 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 a, of a particular number from 1 through 9, mm-hmm. especially if it's 1 three, seven, or nine. Those are very important numbers um, um, psycho-spiritually and in terms of cosmic structure of the universe. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it's not as random as you would think. There are, mm. the, the, the smaller numbers can be very important, and I don't recall offhand what each of the smaller numbers mean, but they are very, mm-hmm. very... If somebody dreams consistently, like the number seven or the number mm-hmm. nine, Mm-hmm. Something's going on in their spiritual life that, that, that the person should look into. And, okay. Um, I mean, they're both mystical numbers, if you will, in different ways, in different ways which I don't recall offhand. But, you know, larger numbers is no big deal, but smaller numbers from, like, the, the, the single digits are pretty important if they're dreamt of consistently. Yeah. Okay. I have a dream thing that... Um, has always bothered me it comes up uh i don't know it came up a lot when i was younger and um it comes up for me now uh what if you dream about a loved one dying Mm. now the ending though is never that i just wanted i just want to say this what happens for me always is that I know my this person is going to die right. and just and I am bereft but as this person's about to die something dawns on me and I realize that no one ever dies and at that moment I wake up 
for me. Thank you. Um, I also want to ask, what was that that I was thinking again? Hold on just a moment. Oh, God, I had it. Now I forgot it. Hold on. I'll get it back. Um, I'm sorry? One of those common dreams. Um, it, it is a common dream. Okay. Now, um, it's, it's kind of about a celebrity, meaning one, I remember having, um, a, you know, dreams where I was dating one. Right. <laughs> so what does that mean? Wow. You know, it depends. It, it, I don't want to get into your particular situation, but usually meeting a celebrity or dating a celebrity, something like that, is indicates that. Yeah, again, that person's part of you, but he or she is very prominent, famous, has accomplished a lot, and so forth. So the part of you which has done that, which represents that, is going to be a higher, more profound, more developed, more advanced part of you. you know? And you're meeting it. You're developing an acquaintance with it. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you meet a celebrity in a dream, you are actually meeting a better, more developed part of yourself, which at some point will hopefully manifest in your real life. Okay. So if you're dating a celebrity for all that time, your psychic talents were waiting in the wings to be utilized more effectively. And one day they were, and here you are. And I one suppose. day they were, right. Um, can you tell me what Tony Orlando um, had to do with my psychic abilities? I'm you know, joking, but that's who it was at the time. That's funny. I don't know him or her from, I, I'm not much of a celebrity person. I never read it, the tablet. He, he was a singer from the 1970s. That's all. Um, <laughs> that's it. It was just funny. Um, okay. So, um, okay. So we have that. A celebrity is someone who has gifts that we later develop. Yes? No, no. You have to okay. get it. You, uh, it usually represents your own self, an aspect of your own self, which is saying, hey, I'm here. You're getting to the point where you can utilize. I I am going to come into your life and do the best, a better job than you're doing right now with everything. It's something about you which is more developed, which which you will later actualize and, 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 and make real in your life, usually. Something oh, a, a more developed part, yeah. part of your okay. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry I cut you off. I was just thinking how that absolutely related to me. I'll never know. Um, okay. Um, now, everybody knows when you are taking a test or you're not 
passing a test and um, what does that mean when you're scared and you think you're going to fail or you do fail? That's usually around competency competency issues of some sort, not, not feeling competent about doing something that you need to do. So if, if, like, you're at work and your boss is trusting you with a big project and you're kind of just hoping it'll turn out well, but you really you kind of really don't know what you're doing, just hoping it'll turn out well, and you have a dream of taking a test or something, you, have, you better do something about just rethink your whole approach and come clean about not being as confident about this as your boss thinks you are. Or if you need to you know, talk to your kids about the fact you know, about the birds and the bees, a usually a very uncomfortable conversation, which parents often don't look forward to having, but you need to do it, you want to be more comfortable with that whole topic and how to go about it, then you might have that kind of dream. It's, it's usually around something that you don't feel confident about doing what you have to do. Oh. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay, and I wasn't really kidding about what I said before, um, although I was kidding. I do often dream about, hi, Doug, this is about us. I mean, not us, but here. I do actually dream several times that I wake up too late to do my show. So um, I do. What about those dreams where you feel like, oh, my God, I'm unprepared? Yeah, yeah, these are, I mean, this is, again, this is another common theme of human life, especially in modern times. We're all too busy. I mean, being mm-hmm. late is about the element of time. And mm-hmm. if we're being late, we have to rush to do what we're going to do. We don't do as good a job of it because we didn't have enough time to do it. And so it usually refers to just having too many balls going. You're trying to do too many things at once, and okay. one of them is the cracks and fail. Okay. Okay. And is there any kind of reason why we pick what we pick as not being prepared for? Like I picked the show. Somebody else would pick something else. Right. You just have to look at your practice. You know, quite frequently in dreams like that, the surroundings, something else about the dream will give you an indication of what that thing is. But mm-hmm. very, I mean, most look at their whole life and make a list of all the things that, that they're trying to do at the same time and realize, gosh, what's the most important thing that I could screw up on? And then stop doing some things in order to pay more attention to the things that need to be paid attention to. So oh. This is the kind of thing which dreams are notifying us about. Okay. And we can be happier and more fulfilled if we can just, you know, look at these things and think about them. Which makes me want to go into a question that I, <clears throat> sorry, that I think is really important. Um, you know, there is a, a lot of people just feel that, oh, your dreams just go over the events of the day and it's a mishmash of what happened, what did you hear, what did you think during the day, and blah, 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 that's it. So, in your, um, in your dream acumen, what do you feel that dreams really are? Is it a mixture of both? What is it? In those cases, you'll find in every case of that, if you can get the person to really recall the dream in great detail, there's some, usually something difficult or hassle or problematic that he or she is trying to deal with in his day. Um, not always, but there's always going to be something about the dream which is a, at least a little bit different than normal life. Mm-hmm. If you if you analyze a dream like that very closely, get to the issues and feelings involved, then there's usually something which it has to teach you. Another way to understand that is that most people's interest in spirituality and personal growth is not that great. Okay? So the kind of dreams you're going to get are going to be pretty mundane for that reason, but there's, they still offer you insight, possible insights into it, into the slight measures you are willing to take to change things for the better. You see what I mean? Well, I don't know, because I feel that even though on a waking consciousness, most people aren't really thinking about this, I do believe that underneath we all are always 
thinking about but, spirituality. I do. We have to be. You know, uh, I myself, I subscribe to the notion, but only 95%. I subscribe to the notion that all dreams come to the service of health and, health and wholeness, which is what Jeremy Taylor tells us. He's probably the best-known dream authority in the West. Uh, all dreams come in the service of health and wholeness, which is which implies that they all have a spiritual nature, which which wants to help us. They further imply that we're all destined for great happiness and enlightenment. You know, if you think about what mm-hmm. that notion, but I don't know if I completely buy that notion because dreams can be stimulated by the improper medications, by drinking too much caffeine, by various kinds of, of, of mental and physical insults to the body and mind. Dreams can't, you know, a lot of dust can be kicked up by those kinds of inappropriate, difficult stimuli. So dreams don't always reflect purely what we should be doing symbolically, but can just represent junk. But usually uh-huh. the great majority of dreams, for the most part, do represent spiritual input about our greater potential happiness. That's right. in my experience. I mean, that there is such a thing as what they call, you know, um, the day residue theory of dreaming, which says just that, that dreams are nothing but just a rehashing of daily events and that, exactly. they, have no, that they have no psychic significance, spiritual significance. I don't buy that exactly. at all. Me either. I really don't. Right. So right. Um, we have a few more questions that I would like to ask you, but I did want to ask you if you want to take a shot at other question or would you rather me continue to ask you questions that are all about dreams let me take a shot at the other question I think I know what you're talking about okay hold on I'm going back to my client question and let's see um okay okay um Hi, Adina. Can you ask the Dr. Dream <laughs> about me? I had so many readings with you back on uh, Teen. I'm Reggie, and she, she allows me to do that. I used to uh, talk about my ex and how much I missed him. I hope that you remember me. I had a very strange dream two weeks ago. I'm sure you don't remember all that much, but my brother is gone. Both my parents are gone, and of course, I never remarried, as you know. It was a short dream, and I only remembered the feelings, but it was very negative or against me somehow. I believe I was relaxing with Nikki, my brother, in case you don't remember, and Nathan, of course you remember, was my husband. Um, He was in a fight with my mother. Mom had moved in, but had not unpacked her boxes. I think this is the dream, okay? Um, maybe, um, Maybe that was... Hold on, just I'm sorry. Maybe that had um, started the fight. Okay, they always got along in life. She means her mother and her. I think her husband. I never quarreled with Nikki while he was alive. Nikki being her brother, but. In the dream, he chose to live in an upscale hotel and said he'd rather not be tied down to me and my pets. Hmm. Nathan specifically asked Nikki, Nathan, her husband, Nikki, her brother, not to be at Mother's that day. Everyone seemed to be at odds with Nathan, her husband, especially Nikki, her brother, not to, um, let's see. Okay, most of all, I was really not part of any of it until I saw Donna, who was Nathan's first wife. That's her husband, his first wife. Um, He had a very young marriage, and they divorced when her husband was barely 23. I had always been jealous of her. I thought that she was quite pretty. And in the dream, I loved the name Donna. It was odd because her real name was Denise. 
and that she was quite pretty and in the dream loved the name Donna. I had, oh, um, okay, uh, odd because her name was Denise and that was the name I thought that was, and that was the name I thought prettier, she means, than Denise. Right. Oh, one more thing. Nathan, Nate, at, at was he was called back then, was the name I had thought, wait, one more thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Nate, as he was called back then, had spent several years at the Keys. It was his heyday of sorts. He moved up to NH afterward, but his first wife came from the Keys, and this whole dream takes place around that area in Florida. I've never been. I certainly hope you are well, and thank the doctor kindly. Reggie. Did you follow that? <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, for the, uh, okay. Full disclosure, first of all. You did send this to me ahead of time. Um, when I work with the client, uh, I mean, um, my skills are analytical. They're sort of intuitive analytical. So mm -hmm. I need to look at a dream, for a, a complex dream like this, I need to look at for a few minutes in order to get it, okay? Mm -hmm. And it's very clear to me that this dream is, it, 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 it's about um, the pervasive influence of Nathan and Denise's world, if you will. On Barb, Nikki, and uh, on rather on Reggie, Nikki, and and, um, and their mother. So wow. we we are in Nathan and Denise's world. That's where we are. Wow. Um, we, well, I okay. mean, basically, it, it takes place uh, in uh -huh. right. Thor. I don't want to go into too much detail because I mean there are we can go into detail on a lot of the on all of these symbols here. I have definite. Uh, I have definite interpretations which I feel quite good about. Uh, uh -huh. I don't want to go too much in into the implications of them. What I can do is uh, um, um, so um, we can look at one symbol here. Okay. Take the unpacked bags. The unpacked bags. Right? Uh -huh. um, it's evident that you know, the mother never really accepted Nathan as a good son-in-law. Okay. Mm. Or it could mean it be because she was never willing to really open up to him about, about herself. All right. Mm -hmm. Even though they got along in real life, she was probably always very superficial, guarded, polite around. Um, not much more than that. Or it could also mean that um, that the mother is unable to share feelings with Nathan, but always wanted to. And Nathan, what, what they're fighting about, Nathan is fighting with her about her not being able to do that. That is less likely to be the meaning. I think the real meaning is that um, the mother never really liked Nathan that much or never really accepted a big part of him. She invaded his space in order to have it out with him, in, in, in order to confront him about something. But um, So that's one symbolic situation, which is pretty clear, which, again, has different possible meanings. The, prop, the, the most likely one is that, is that the mom, mother never accepted Nathan on some level. She, she, she never accepted his whole world, if you will, his background. She never accepted something about Florida in connection with Nathan. Um, okay. But it could also mean that the, the mother herself was unable to share her feelings, which is why the bags are all packed, and that Nathan wants her to do so, and that they're fighting for that reason, which I think is not the case. So I always have alternate meanings in these situations. Right. But I, but I, so I do paint a whole picture here in, in my write-up about this dream for the client about what I speculate, about what I speculate her situation to be. And um, there's the unpacked bags, the upscale hotel, the pets are very significant, the upscale hotel is significant, Donna versus Denise is significant. Mm -hmm. um, it's very, it's it's a fairly complex situation. I don't want to speculate too much on the on, on the show because the client may get the wrong idea if she's listening. I'd rather send it to her; she can look at it impartially. Okay. And really, really, really be able to sit back and look at it. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. I I didn't expect that at all, but that was really interesting and fascinating. Was there anything that you felt about her? 
brother Nikki who had died. Did, was he relevant or no? Oh yeah, he's he's relevant. I mean, okay. On, mm-hmm. Nikki had more perspective and at least partially understood the not always healthy ways in which Barb in which in which uh, Reggie and Nathan related to each other. Okay, so the upscale hotel could be a more elevated spiritual place, a place of knowledge, which he's coming from. Okay. Um, at, least more, at least more so than than Reggie and Nathan. It could also mean that. Um, you know, it could be a reference to heaven. You know, psychological. Oh my God! Thought. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. Check this out. This is what I was afraid of. I don't want the person to get the impression that no. this is what I think. No, because but, you hit but, it on the nose. Um, well, I, as I said, uh, um, she said that Nikki died. Yeah. Sure. And we know that. you know. Yes, yes. But it could, so it, I mean, psychological causes do impact human death. It's very common. Nikki's demise conceivably could have, could have, could have been hastened by, by, by his despair over seeing his sister in that relationship for so long, for example. Wow. So it could be, it probably is just his greater spiritual knowledge and understanding. It could be a reference to heaven, that he's up in heaven. And that he yeah. wouldn't have been so quickly if she had had a happier time. So, oh my God! Her, well, I mean, her own unhappiness for all that time could have contributed to his dying sooner than he otherwise would have. That's unlikely, but it could be. Again, I'm reluctant to say this because the, the person might no, get the wrong. Answer. No, you are right. I remembered after she wrote me some of the things that I had forgotten, and yes, that was true. That was true. They had a very symbiotic relationship. Oh, my God. This is amazing. This is amazing. Guys, if you don't take advantage of what Dr. Lowe is doing, I am going to have to call in and just take every slot he has. So, um, Dr. David, please tell everybody where to find you and what you're doing and so they can take advantage of this yes david Lowe. there's there's no e on the name david Lowe. d-a-v-i-d-l-o-w david Lowe. Uh, msphd.com masters of science doctor of philosophy david Lowe. msphd.com um so yeah i do dream work i basically gather information on the client ask about external and and internal issues ask about demographic information, you know, number of siblings, what they do for work, parents alive or not. All that figures into the dream, almost always. Um, then we go over the dream itself. He tells me, he, he, he or she tells me the dream. Um, then there's 10 minutes of silence. He or she does a form or reads about dream work. I give them something to read. I sit back and try to fathom the dream. Sometimes I get it in one or two minutes. Sometimes I won't get it in 15 minutes. But I can usually, things usually fall into place within five minutes. That's basically what, what's going on in the dream. Um, and we talk about primary meaning. We talk about secondary, other other possible meanings. Uh, and we, we also do what I call a kind of, ethic, a kind of ethical check-in in which the person, in which I'm, in which I make sure that, 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 that the client realizes that that the dream is telling him this, not me. That the client, the dreamer, is the, the only one who really knows the meaning of the dream is the client, is the dreamer. Because only he or she knows their own circumstances the best. Okay? That's true. So it's mm-hmm. real, real important that they realize that. I mean, there are three ent- There's me, the client, and the dream. Right. All three are talking to each other in the session. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. And I want to and remind the- everybody that um, I am doing a special for December, and I am giving a half-hour reading for $39, and it's wonderful for a gift certificate. It will be honored for the year if you want. You can buy them now and use them whenever you want, and I am also redoing the site 
and you'll be able to book your own appointments for any time you want to. And the prices are going back to the prices I used at least 15 years ago. So it's going to be really wonderful. And David, is there anything else that's coming up for you? Let me give everyone my email first. David sure. at worldspirituality.com. That's easy to remember. Yes, it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm hopefully doing a workshop for the Mankind Project in January, a couple of workshops at um, some yoga studios around here. I'm teaching a uh, non-credit. I just got through teaching a non-credit course in Dreams here in, here in Philadelphia, and I'll be submitting a paper for possible acceptance at the conference on International Associate Study of Dreams, their annual conference coming up in uh, in June. So, yeah, I got lots of things going, and hopefully more will start going soon. Sounds fantastic. Yeah. I am also in Philadelphia, and you never know where I'll pop up. So I want to thank Dr. David Lowe for his absolute wonderful expertise and please uh, go to askadina.com and write me at askadina at gmail and you have a plethora of expert people who are waiting to help you david i thank you so much and everybody next week back to free readings so thank you, thank you so holidays. much happy holidays to all bye-bye now Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you.